0: our special guest today all right so this is it we're on the stack exchange uh podcast number eight is that possible
1: not only is it possible it's true it
0: is actually number should i make it eight or should it just just be like zero a now let's go with the i mean 10 it could be 10 in octal um our our guest today is uh marco arment of instapaper hello uh also famous for his blog Oh yeah, Marco. dot org. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. <laughs> a famous blogger who often shows up on the Hacker News on the uh, and you've been on the podcast. Much to my chagrin, uh, before in the past. There's a way to avoid showing up on Hacker News. Uh, I don't remember what it is. Quit blogging. Yeah, <laughs> just don't write about things that they care about or something. I guess. Um, how's it going, Marco? Very well, thank you. What's new? You, you recently you used to be. Uh, one of the uh, sort of a, a co-founder, actually, at the at the Tumblr, correct. And um, that's a that's a place where the kids hang out. They, um, I don't know what they do. I guess it's like Live Journal, but not as old-fashioned. Pretty much. <laughs> um, it's sort of like the female version of 4chan, would you say? Uh, yeah, I mean, in in some ways, certainly. Okay, <laughs> I, can't, I can say anything now. And you would say that you're basically a, a um, pretty much a, a very evil and stupid person.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, okay. how could I not argue not with that? Going <laughs> Jeff,
0: Jeff, you do the interviewing. <laughs> I'm just not getting any, any resistance whatsoever. Well, you keep asking yes or no questions. <laughs> oh, yeah, I try to ask more open questions. How does
1: that make you feel?
0: How, tell me about, uh, tell me about in, uh, uh, your decision to leave, since uh, many of our listeners may have heard you on the previous podcast uh, that you were on many, many years ago. I was on the podcast? You, were, you must have been on our podcast now. I don't. Think I don't know so. if he
2: was actually. Really? I've Joel. listened to your podcast a lot, so I might be confused, but I don't. No, I don't, I don't think, think he was. So.
0: <laughs> let's start over. Welcome
3: to Stack <laughs> Exchange. No, 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 no. this is fun. <laughs> this is fun. Yes. I mean, our, you know, Marco's a friend. Marco is one of our advisors. That's you right. know, he's on so the board of it's fair to
0: think exchange. that he's sort of always there. Yeah, he has nothing wrong with that. You were sort of like, like just you a were, floating head always here. You were a little bit ahead of us in the sense that you guys actually went out, raised venture capital um, shortly before we did. Raised it from the same when you were at Tumblr. Raised yep. it from the same VC, Union Square Ventures, yep. and then later Spark, which we raised from in our second round. And um, so, tell me a little bit about leaving the company, starting out on your own in the world of Instapaper, readability.
2: Well, the great thing is, it's it was kind of a gradual um, departure. Like I didn't I didn't do what everyone thinks entrepreneurship is, and just quit my job one day and start doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it on the side uh, with permission from my employer, which is a good idea. Yeah. Um, I did it on the side for about a year before actually leaving Tumblr. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it got to the point where Instapaper's needs were really a full-time job. And at the same time, um, Tumblr was growing so much so that its technical needs were much more than a full-time job. It was kind of crazy hockey stick, whatever you call it. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: there, they had like all of a sudden 250 million pages a day or whatever
2: something like that yeah. I, I just know that at the time i left um the main incoming router was serving something like 1100 requests a second
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and and so and that's not including any kind of media url that was hitting a cdn so it was a, it was pretty much all dynamic page requests and uh it was quite a lot to deal with quite
0: nutty yeah i'm
2: um, knowing that you know if you mess up you serve 1100 error messages a second to angry <laughs> people there's <laughs> a lot of pressure there and you know it's it makes it hard to uh to really relax ever like on vacation while you're sleeping sure. like you really can't ever relax when when the burden of that is resting either solely or at least pre- or mostly on you um even partially on you it's 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 a heck of a burden. So now uh, Instapaper, instead of having, when I left home where they had something like 120 servers, Instapaper now has five servers. Hey, and uh, <laughs> no, they, and, and it, so you learned almost, how to
0: write code more efficiently. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: well, it's also a much more service. <laughs> um, and that's just the pressure is, is so different. It's a whole different lifestyle now. Yep. Where now, and, and Instapaper's um, it, its primary use is in the, the iPhone and iPad app. Mm-hmm. Which is designed to work offline completely, and so if the service are down, it just behaves as though it's offline. So the you know, people can still use the app. It's it's different from with a web service where people are using a browser to get to it, where you're pretty much if your sites if your service is down, then everyone using it just stops. Like yes. they can't do anything to it. They often can't even get things out of it, get information out of it. So it it's a it's a much higher level of severity, um, and also just. Running Instapaper is so much easier because it's such a simpler service. It's doing a lot less than Tumblr does. There's mm-hmm. um, a lot, a lot fewer, um, you know, data models involved. Many fewer possible actions. Uh, it's really a very, very simple service to run. So I'm, I'm very lucky in that regard.
0: Uh, yeah. What? Now, I, I always thought that Instapaper sort of benefited from the fact that you occasionally went on the New York City subway.
2: Uh, actually, it's, it's more than that. I, I'm, I'm one of those uh, New Yorkers that. Some people wouldn't call New Yorker because I live in the suburbs. Yeah, Bridge and, and Tunnel trash. We ex- <laughs> call you when you come to our clubs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so I recently got a, got an email from.
0: Uh, Although you got the right haircut, I think we'll. I'm not sure. And tunnel. Uh, I don't think I can tell you
2: who this was. I think it's still a, a secret thing, but yeah. I got an email from somebody who wanted to start a thing about New York founded companies. Um, and I had to tell them, like, about York, I'm yeah. like, sorry, I, uh, I actually didn't. Found or operate this company oh, within they city made of limits. New York. It's
0: like the Made in New York tag that you put on yeah, the Yeah, that's it, okay.
2: So it's public now? All right. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, so I got this email. He's <laughs> like, oh, it's you know, we, we made want to spotlight anything that's any startup that is yeah. operated from New York City limits. I'm yeah. like, well, technically I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm the next county up, so I, I kind of missed that. Not New York City. Uh,
0: no. And but, uh, we didn't get that either for Stack, Stack Exchange because most of the developers obviously are not in New York City. And so right. you can get it for Fog Creek, though. Claim that. We do have that on the Fog Creek yeah. uh, homepage now. It says Made in New York at the bottom.
2: Yeah. So basically, the uh, yeah, the need for Instapaper was mostly that I had a, a commuter train ride every day, mm-hmm. and it was it was more born out of the the iPhone being a different context than than the computer, rather than anything about the trains in particular. Um, so the 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 basic sample I give is like I would be at work browsing the web, and when I'm not supposed to be, you know, mm-hmm. just when I'm at work, not working, browsing the web, and I would see articles I wanted to read and. Well you know I'm, I'm I'm at work I really shouldn't be doing this i I really shouldn't read this tremendous New Yorker article that's you know
0: five thousand words five thousand words about like how water gets into New York City
2: exactly or something um, and so i would I would have these times when I would have to either you know, keep a browser tab open forever or email myself a link or, or some other mechanism to deal with that, usually in reality I would just not read it or I would skim it or I'd read the first few paragraphs. And, and I think a lot of people right. had this exact problem. It's that you know, when you're sitting at a web browser browsing through a feed reader or something like that or like the dig front page or w- whatever the case is, your hands are always on the controls and you're in this, this speed mode of getting through things. And so it's really the, the total wrong mental context to sit down and attentively read something. Yeah. And even if you attempt that, then you have all these notifications popping up from all your multitasking apps. You have your email client and your Twitter thing and all this other stuff that are constantly interrupting you. Yeah. And so not only is your, your browsing a bad time to read, but that your computer is also a bad place to read.
0: You, you almost want, so you almost want like these different activities and you want to sort out all the incoming notifications so it's like I want my half hour of watching YouTube videos right. I want my half hour of reading in-depth stuff uh, you know maybe on the subway I want to be like if it's just like tech meme or, or Twitter crap that can happen anytime cause it takes three seconds and I can start and stop really quickly and you sort of want to sort of sort those into different times <sighs> of day I guess absolutely but I always I always thought that just the very fact that Instapaper um, has an offline model is something that people in a lot of places just would not think of because they don't Right. They're never offline because they don't have the, the subway or the commuter rail or whatever. Oh, yeah. That was
2: like some of the initial reactions, like the very first time TechCrunch wrote about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious because like the first 10 comments were like, why do you need this? You just use bookmarks. And yeah. why do you need to be offline? You have an iPhone. You're always online. Yeah, yeah. They don't get it because they <laughs> live in San Francisco. And the exactly. only time
0: that they might be traveling or something, they're driving. <laughs> so right. They're yeah. They,
2: they, never, they never take the train yeah. or, the, or a plane anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the need for offline access... Um. I don't think that would have come out of a San Francisco startup. Mm-hmm. I think you're definitely right.
0: They do, they do sort of miss some of that stuff, and, and I don't know. I haven't looked at what what all of the Apple's plans are. So uh, Apple is, of course, um, now uh, sharp elbowing their way into your space a little bit, sort of a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. But they may they they're not going to get these things right.
2: It's they're going to get right the very very small subset of functionality that they chose to do, which is. Um, which is literally so in the new in the new version of iOS and in in Lion, um, they basically have a special bookmarks folder mm-hmm. in Safari and in Mobile Safari, um, and called the reading list, mm-hmm. and it's a way to save things to read later. So it does it does certainly and is that thing that saved? No, it's just a bookmarks list.
0: Okay, so you do have
2: to be online to read. You it. You have to now. be online. It doesn't even you know okay. it doesn't go right to its text you go, view. It you have solve to the subway problem. Right, doesn't solve the subway problem. It. It only partially solves the text problem in that you have to load the full web page again first before you even see like the the stripped down text view. So, on the iPhone in particular, where you might be on a slow connection and, on, yeah. and you're on a small screen, that's pretty inconvenient. So there's um, just like
0: this irritant There's like these ten seconds of irritation while you wait for the full page to load so that you can launch Readability or whatever it is. Right. <laughs> the, the, the new bad version of Readability. Right. Convenient. They call it Reader. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I I
2: wish the other players in my market had unique names. I, it's kind of Better for me, I guess, that they don't, because you can search for mine, and it's not polluted with a bunch of crap, but, uh-huh. uh, yeah, all my competitors have these these really generic names. Um, anyway, so, yeah, so what Apple is doing is a very, very small subset of this, and initially, uh, I was a little bit worried until I really started thinking about it, and I, and I realized that if, you know, right now, let's say Apple takes 60% of the market. Mm-hmm. Well, right now, I already don't have 99% of the market.
0: I see. So, <laughs> so you, like, you, that would be 40% it, new market for you.
2: Right. So, yeah. you know, they're not going to take all of it because they're not going to solve everyone's needs.
0: Well, and sometimes it's really hard to know. I mean, like, historically, I've seen a lot of times where that's true, where, like, the big player comes in and they almost create the market for you and they educate right. everybody about the need for the market and then you benefit from being, like, the specialist version of that. So that's the. Um, that's a starbucks scenario essentially where starbucks educated people um about arabica beans but then they just didn't execute on that very well and, and they roasted so, the crap out of them yeah and uh and so they created a market for a high-end coffee and uh, a lot of cities that didn't have it uh, right. sometimes it took a while like in new york i think there was like an eight-year delay between the first starbucks and the first you know stump town or ace oh, or whatever it turns out rent is yeah. pretty expensive here uh yeah the rent whatever but um but the, there's 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 a sometimes there's a gap uh there but uh uh, we could call that sort of the Starbucks model, where um, there's no question that there are way more espresso shops now and more high-end coffee shops uh, than there were at the time of the Starbucks um, kudzu invasion. Um, but there are, other, there are other cases where, um, for example, uh, when Microsoft Windows started shipping with zip decompression, uh, right. and they wiped out WinZip. And yeah, I'm sure that the WinZip guys were saying, oh, my God, we have 37 features that, that Windows doesn't have. In, in how you know you can zip files, you can use 47 different formats, and you can put folders inside of unicorns. I don't know. They had they had these high-end features. And they were like, well, now Microsoft will educate everybody to make zip documents, and our market will increase. And actually, lo and behold, most people right. just said, you know, zips are kind of, you know, it's built into the operating system. Who needs it?
2: I think it, it depends a lot on, on, on what the problem space really is. So if you look at uh, a different example that worked um, much more like the Starbucks model— uh, which is when Safari started including RSS built in, and so did Mail. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they both do it very poorly. Um, to replace an RSS reader, you have to, it's, it's a very big problem space. You have to do a lot. There's a lot of features there. There's a lot that are just personal preferences, even, where people mm-hmm. are going to prefer different clients just because of the way they they look or different different ways they do things. Right. Um, so the problem space is so big that that somebody like Apple or Microsoft coming in and doing a very simple, basic version of it for free is not likely to really put anybody out of business. Um, and then I think the other end of that spectrum is WinZip, something like that, where it's a very, very simple problem space. And if the OS builds in a really simple implementation, that's going to be good for almost everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I don't know where I sit yet. I think I sit somewhere in the middle of those two. Yeah. Uh, where you this just, is... You just have to wait. wait exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to... Anything yeah. I say is all speculation at this sure. point. You know, iOS 5 comes out sometime this fall, they say, which is probably September or so. Um Nobody really knows, but you know, probably September. I'm going to have that hit, and then it. I think it requires Lion for the computer end of it. Um, it, and it does sync between the computer and the device, which is certainly a very compelling feature.
0: Does it sync over the air, or is it? Yeah, it, it uses iCloud. Oh, okay.
2: Um, supposedly, I, I, mean, I haven't actually seen this work yet, but um, and if I did, it would be under NDA. <laughs> 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 uh, but I can tell you that once I once I actually we tried the Apple NDAs. <laughs> Once I actually tried um, the reading list feature in, in the beta of the OS, uh, I was a lot less worried about it um, because it's, just, it's a very, very basic implementation of it. And, and, yeah, so, you know, let's say Apple gets a bunch of people interested in, in saving things for later, like the Starbucks model. I think I have a pretty good chance uh, that if somebody wants to get a little bit more out of that, they're probably going to pick my app. Sure, uh, and and Majority, so you're already
0: like the, the market leader in that,
2: right? And so the question is, who can I get to, or how many people can I get to want more out of that? Who are who are coming to it new, and and also how many of my customers am I going to lose who are going to say, eh, I don't need Instapaper anymore because I can just use this feature instead?
0: Or you may they may even think, oh yeah, I love Instapaper, I want to keep using it, and then uh, you know, and they don't install it on the fourth right. That they they start
2: sliding that. out of it. Yeah, yeah, like, eh, you know, and and so certainly you know, I'm going to lose people. Um, the question is how many. Right. And, and I really, the, the more I think about it uh, and the more I see the way they've done this feature, I, I think there's, there's two outcomes most likely here. One is that um, the Starbucks effect happens where a lot of people use this and I get some minor percentage of them to say, hey, I could use a little bit more of this. Right. Um, and the other likely scenario is that reading lists just doesn't get well, very wide adoption at all. And then in which case, pretty much nothing happens.
0: There was an awful lot of, like every time, you know what this feels to me like? It feels to me like uh, there was a bookmarks feature in IE for the Mac. Remember that? no read later there was a read later feature in IE for the Oh Mac. yeah, I've, that was before my Mac time, thank god. Right. So <laughs> All right. You just got here. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right. So IE for the Mac had uh, somebody in the chat room. Let's see what they say. Uh, chat room chat room tell us about the if there was such a thing. But uh there were uh there, were, there was a read later and a bookmarks and they were channels. Is not the same feature, but Like um, Windows 98's channels? Windows 98 had these channels. Oh, okay, yeah. And these things were like they seem like they could have been standalone businesses almost, like making channels and stuff like that. Actually, channels was an attempt to clone PointCast, and the, right. both of them just collapsed because um, those kinds of lot. things. Yeah, it's not just that. It's that there's a certain – essentially, to use those – for those things to be successful, you are asking people to change something about their life and their behavior. I mean, Instapaper in the same situation. Certainly. And when you're concentrating on nothing else other than how do I get some people to change their behavior uh, right. to do this particular thing – Like to change a habit, like almost something they do every day. Um, For example, for me, like I listen to podcasts uh, on the subway a lot instead of reading. And um, so, in order to get the podcasts, um, I used to have another computer downstairs and I would uh, um, sync up regularly and it would get me the podcast automatically and I basically haven't plugged my iPhone into that for years so um, so now I use the get another podcast button which I have to remember to do before I leave the house every morning right. to get enough podcasts to listen to that day and I have actually accomplished that uh, remembering to do that hopefully iCloud will solve this somehow too but uh, uh, the point there is that in order to listen to podcasts, I have to change my behavior. I have to stop right before I leave the house and quick download another podcast to listen to um, and that's kind of worth it, but I like there's some there's gonna be some resistance there that i'm gonna I'm, I know I'm gonna backslide at some point um, so that's the kind of thing where if you're concentrating on it and you're focusing on it, um, you know you're gonna sit there and you're gonna change people's behaviors three or four at a time um, and that's all you' are thinking about it. they're just thinking about this like oh, it's a feature that our browser has to have throw it on the side over there right and they're just not going to be working on that so they could often they may end up just having that feature and nobody uses it. They all pay you for yours anyway because you're the one that cares about that feature. In other words, even if you're not doing it better, there's a lot of companies that have started trying to make pivot tables because people are just not aware that Excel actually has pivot tables built in and you can use them and they're right. pretty good. And so they'll make a company that does a you know kind of half-assed job of pivot tables where you have to like link it up to an Excel in some horrible way. And it's like, why would you do that why would you get that why would you make a company around that And lo and behold it's because you know somebody is it doesn't know that excel has pivot tables or doesn't care and there's a company out there that's that's tr- trying to get mind share for pivot tables and they're actually selling a product that gives you exactly 80% of what excel has now they're not so successful but i mean you can, can well
2: done. the new question is how much of the business do you really need like if i got 1% of all iOS device owners to ins- to buy my app, I would have quite a lot of money ah, because it's just such a massive pool. Sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like I, I used to work at yeah. a company called Vivisimo in Pittsburgh, and uh, I was there when they launched the Clusty search engine, Clusty. and Clusty the it was 2000- two thousand. <laughs> it was yeah. it was two thousand four, and. Uh, yeah. And it was they were an enterprise software company. They didn't need the search engine to do very well. Um, they launched it basically as a demo of their enterprise software. Yeah, And uh, Oh, yeah. And so I, I, I read a lot of the support emails while I was there. And people would say things like, oh, I, I love Clusty. I, I dumped Google for it because it's blue you know like it's just like the reasons people pick for choosing an alternative (laughs) it's it's not always what geeks say like we we look at things very analytically it's regular people really don't like it's these these minor differences that people actually care about i mean
0: (laughs) i used to go to reddit because of the alien (laughs) right like Like, i love that alien he's cute (laughs) yeah
2: i'm sure somebody has chosen i'm sure someone has chosen fog bugs because of the kiwi
0: well we the idea of the kiwi is to keep you from not abandoning fog bugs because you want to make sure that you don't like right. the keep the kiwi to, fed yeah.
2: um, and you know I think also something to look at in, in this market um, you know imagine if so an- another thing that happened during the keynote is that they an- they announced this reminders app which is basically a to-do app that's very very simple and everyone started asking uh, the the founders of Omni Group who make OmniFocus yeah. if this is going to put them out of business which is such a joke to even consider that because right. OmniFocus do- is such a massively yeah, well, it's major a media, app you know an, yeah. um, and i think it's it's easy to look at this and say well we can already look at previous times this happened um, every iphone since day 1 since before there even were apps shipped with notes and weather apps built in God, yes. and That's right and stock and stocks, stocks. right yeah. now i haven't i haven't looked at the stocks app market but i have looked at the weather and notes market's quite a bit and they're doing great and so here's these apps that the iPhone... And you can say all the exact same things that I'm saying with Reading List. Um, here's something that the iPhone comes with for free Yeah. that will solve 80-plus percent of people's needs. Sure. And then there's the market full of specialized ones that take that and basically sure. make a deluxe better version. Better. Um and those markets are doing great. There's hundreds of notes and weather apps that are all doing fantastic... Well, not all of them, but there, there are hundreds that are doing fantastically, just taking the small sliver of those markets that are left from people who aren't satisfied with the free versions that come with the OS.
0: I think you need to... What, what you're going to need to do is actually have um, a, a better selling proposition than this is the deluxe version of, Certainly. of offline reading. Like, you might want to say, you know, uh, works when you have no internet connection and it's got the readability built mm-hmm. in or something like that. Right. So... Uh, What is the relationship to readability? By the way, I never
2: quite. Um, It's it's very informal right now. Um, I I basically am friends with the guys, and Uh uh, I we were initially initially we had agreed that I would make uh, a special build of the Instapaper app that just talked to their servers instead of mine, and that would be the readability app, Um, and they would distribute it, um, and that ended up falling through because of Apple's subscription thing. Um, oh, which they gave which, up on. right? Yeah, and that just came out this past week. So I haven't haven't talked to them yet since then. But you know, who knows? That might change things. But initially, that was, and, and then, and then, you know, I would then build into Instapaper, which I still have, um, a way that you can send things to Readability if you save them to Instapaper for the for their purposes of of counting things for paying publishers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's you know, that's really easy to do. That's all. It's all there. It's been there for for months, and it's been fine. Um, and that's pretty much the extent of the relationship. I think. I think both me and readability did a very poor job of of communicating what this relationship was and, and I, I thought I laid it out in, in a blog post but everyone's still confused uh, I'm sure I it's, saved that blog post
0: for reading later right? <laughs> and then I never got to it I bet you I have it right now yeah,
3: um,
2: yeah well so actually
0: Marco that, that hey, brings
3: Jeff. up one of my the reasons I don't actually use uh, readability well I guess Instapaper more it's so Jeff it's that one,
0: like, yay hey that's right I don't yeah, use
3: Windows like by the time I, I I either read it or I don't read it like if, if it's TLDR I'm just never gonna read it it's like I'm not coming back to it no it's like I I, I envy these people that have this queue of stuff that they actually come back to you know like to me it's more about you gotta package this in a way that you know either it's a long form book in which case I get it on Kindle right it's not an iPad and I'm not gonna play freaking Angry Birds you know I have a Kindle version yeah that's cool uh, yeah, and that's cool, like, if you're getting long-form reading. Yeah. But I mean really long-form, like novels, or at least novellas, right. which—who's putting novellas on the web and expecting people to read them? That's that's my beef, I You'd guess. Be well, my beef is not the right word, but it's the reason yeah. I, I, I look at this, and I'm like, that's cool. And then I sit down and try to use it. I'm like, I can't use this. This I doesn't think work for me.
0: That, Jeff, that's because you read faster than a lot of people because you've learned to scan stuff that seems boring to you. It's or maybe also- I'm just
3: not— Maybe I'm skimming so much that <laughs> you never read. That. It's also a
2: lot about those different contexts. Like a lot of people, you know, if you, I mean, you work at home, right? Yeah. So you're, you're kind of always at your computer, I would imagine. Um, right. Oh, yeah. When, you know, Instapaper the, the was born out of this need for giving giving me something to read while I'm on the train. And I don't have my computer with me and I don't have an internet connection a lot of the time. Um, and so, you know, give me something to read there. Um, so a lot of people use it for that, for reading on planes, for reading in bed before they fall asleep. Um, it's all these contexts where you could read something, um, and certainly a lot of people choose books to solve this problem. (laughs) Um, from, I just, I've always been a big fan of, of magazines and and nonfiction myself. And so the web really gives me tons of stuff that I want to read. Um, I don't really read books, Uh, very often, if, if ever. I, I have a lot of aspirational books that I want to read someday that are sitting on a shelf somewhere that I never actually read. Um, so yeah, so Instapaper solves the problem for people who who want kind of magazine-like content on a regular basis for, in some context in their lives. Um, and as I said you know earlier, it's, it's very hard for a computer to solve that problem for most of us um, because of the distractions involved.
3: Well, um, I, I think everybody has different ways of approaching it. I'm not saying my way of approaching it is, you know, the correct way. And therefore, your product doesn't make sense. I was just surprised. Like, I always hear people talk about it, and I tried it. And it was just almost like oil and water. It was really tough for me to get into it. That doesn't mean it's wrong. Um, I was just surprised how little I could adapt to that. And I think you touched on this earlier. It's like it's sort of methods of, you know, changing the way people work. Like, I would have to change. habits,
2: yep. Oh, certainly. It's it's not easy, and it's certainly not going to work in all cases. <laughs> you also, Jeff, you have no commute. <laughs> i mean there's
0: just no uh it's a different
3: uh, um but the the effort of like queuing stuff up is so painful it's like i'd have to think oh i'm gonna read this later it's It's almost like higher click interrupted yeah Yeah, well it's like uh, it's like don't make me think you know it's like do do i really want to read this is it going to be that good there's a risk of like what if it sucks and i put it on there (laughs) like oh no i say this whole thing and it's not very good because i don't have time to look at it right i can't even tell you if it's any good so i'm going to just based on what a Twitter description decide, oh, this is probably worth reading, or start reading the first part of. It. I don't know. It just well, one it stresses thing, me out, man. One one dilemma that I have that that you're,
2: I think you are accidentally touching on here, um, is that. I don't intend for Instapaper to be an obligation. Like, I don't intend for, it, for everything you say to be something that you must read. Um, and it's very hard to communicate this in the no, interface wait, wait. And, in the, and in you know in, in how I'm describing it, because I, what I want it to be is a pool that you can pick from when you want to read something. But it's very hard for a lot of people, especially, especially geeks who, you know, we're from RSS culture and, and inbox culture, it's very hard for us to see it as anything but... A list that has to be cleared, like a a, re, a queue that you Another actually to have to get to, cleared. exactly like yeah. an, an inbox. And I really want to avoid that. And it's it's difficult. Like I've, I was thinking about doing this feature I, where hmm. I would, I would because there's a big problem with people who have like hundreds or thousands of things saved, and I know they're never going to read them. They, the list keeps getting longer. So I was thinking about doing this thing where I could email them a thing that basically gives them an easy out in a way that's worded very very carefully um, to to not sound mean or discouraging uh, but that would basically say hey so, something like hey i noticed that you have x articles more than x months old do you want to just go ahead and archive those now like some some easy way to, just, to to try to get people to think of this at more the way that that it's healthier to think about it, which is this pool that you can pick from and not this, this massive obligation that's just building up and building up that you're eventually going to just say, I oh, forget it. I can never get to it and feel very guilty about.
0: I go in the other direction, which is that I don't accumulate enough stuff to read later. So I, I lot,
2: well, fortunately you know. I have, I have things to solve that too. Yeah, I have, I have the whole reading and suggested reading. I'm building social features. I would, almost
3: now. Want, I would almost want like, to, to get away from the idea that like you have to save things that you might want later. It's like, what if there was a pool of stuff that other people had saved? It's almost like an offline delicious. Turns out there is. Where, Social features. Where you could just, <laughs> right, but you could just randomly... That actually would solve my problem and I think Joel's problem where you just would sync things... That would probably be interesting to you that you don't have to make the effort of like, you know, there's just a pool of stuff that cool people think are interesting, but in an offline fashion, which is bizarre, because this is why the internet was invented, right? That's what we have. Right. But it's kind of a narrow problem space. I mean, I get that not everybody can be online all the time, but longer term, everybody is going to be online all the time. Like, I kind of think that's inevitable. I think where things are going, like well, if you look 10 years out, 20 years out, that's kind of a narrow space, man.
2: It will certainly, and that's why the, the offline capability has never been Instapaper's core selling point. Um, the core selling point has always been this this kind of time-shifting of, of web webpages. Um, and then the offline and the text view and all these other features are all kind of bonuses that make that better for in some ways for some people. Um, but, you know, ultimately... Ultimately, you're right. I... I know I can't rely on offline being even a major feature forever. However, I'm even seeing the effect of that now because most people don't think they need offline access or they don't think they will ever need it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they get it and then I get an email from them a month later saying, oh, I I, I never thought I would need this, but I just took a plane trip and I discovered I could read all this stuff and it was great. Um, Very rarely do people, as far as I know, I I don't have very good analytics because Apple doesn't provide them, but very rarely do people find the app as a result of searching for something for offline reading. That's not mm-hmm. usually something people seek out. It's one of those features that people would love, mm-hmm. but they would never think to ask for it. Mm-hmm. And so you, you have to get them to use it for other reasons.
3: Right. No, it's an it's interesting uh, problem space, because, I mean, it's definitely meeting a need for a lot of people. But it just, it, there's some, like things that happen to you when you have that feature like it'd be like telling someone, look, okay on Twitter you have to read every message, we're going to archive all these messages and you come back to them whereas on Twitter it's like, to Some me part of the do. contract is, it's just a stream, it's like if you don't see it, it'll come back, like somebody's going to mention right. it again later Well, and and You don't have to remember everything. Not everything is even archived. Like, Twitter search sucks so badly, you can't even find things. So you're sort of relying on this idea that things get juggled. Good ideas come up over and over again. That's why they're good ideas, and that's why they're good articles. Like If somebody publishes an interesting article, 20 people are going to see that in the next month. One of them is going to mention it. You will probably see it at that point. So you don't have to go to the article, click save. You just have to have this confidence that it's an interesting article, 20 people will find it over the next month, and you'll see one of them at the right time when you have time to read that article I don't know, that's just my sort of take on that But
0: Alright, speaking of uh, bookmarklets <laughs> and that's going to be an interesting segue one thing I wanted to talk about uh, today because with this uh, illustrious crew is um, the like button, the Facebook like button and Google's clone of it, the plus one button and the reason I bring that up is that I have a conspiracy theory, which I want to share with you. And you can tell me that I'm all crazy. And my conspiracy theory is that um, Facebook has this like button and, and it appears on all kinds of pages. And you click on it and um, uh, it, that it gets a like for that page. Um, and then it shows up on your wall. And that essentially is a bunch of data that Facebook is collecting that only Facebook has about how much people like certain web pages. And this data would be very important if you were, say, a search engine and you wanted to come up with search results that showed the things that people liked the most up, up top. Um, given that PageRank is so completely uh, SEO'd up the wazoo right now, um, like is not yet spammed by spammers, as far as I know, um, because nobody wants to say that they like something and have it show up in their Facebook feed. And Facebook has done a pretty good job of keeping uh, most of their uh, members uh, to the audience of real human beings. So so my paranoid conspiracy theory is that Google is very jealous of this data that Facebook is acquiring, which is very important to their core mission of search. Uh, and that's why they realize that they either have to buy it, from face, buy it from Facebook or build their own. And so they're building their own now desperately in order to get this stream of information as to what pages are good from human beings. And they're doing it with this Google f- plus one button, which other than that appears to be dead in the water. What do you think, Marco Arment?
2: Well, I think, first of all, I think the plus one is a really terrible uh, design. It, it was a, a terrible choice of, of the that verb, I guess, um, because it doesn't really tell you what this is for. Like, why should I click plus one? Right. Th- there's no obvious answer to that. Like, I started to talk about myself a lot, but I recently, uh, in in a recent version, I, I changed, um, my Instapaper now has a like button. Uh, before, a few months ago, it was a star. And the most common feedback I got on that was, I don't really understand what this is for. Why? What does a star, a star do? Like, yeah. why should I star something? Yeah. And I think they're gonna. Ha- and so, like, I've, the the percentage of people asking that kind of question has plummeted because um, it's very clear. Oh, you hit this if you like an article.
0: Yeah, like um, is, like is clearly understandable. But but, exactly. but Facebook just took that word and now Google. Right, and
2: that kind of helps too. Copying. That it helps that now Facebook is helping make that word popular. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So plus one. I mean that even among geeks very few of us even understand what that is for <laughs> and that's and that's a very small group to begin with yeah um i don't like people are going to see this this little plus one button on on results and that comes from you're just uh, never going to hit it
0: slash dot doesn't it the first think, use yeah. of plus one i think and yeah from the comments probably came from the comments and slash dot. at least from that culture Yeah, you know? so sure. it's
2: so, so it's, beyond that, it's not nearly as
0: good a word as like. But but it, but but do you, do you actually? I mean, um, somebody in the in the uh, chat room, uh, Kyle writes, it's more insidious than that. Facebook knows when you viewed a page with one of their like buttons in it. Right. So I, they're I actually a, a building a reason... graph of who likes what, and Facebook could actually. if Facebook ever wanted to do a search engine, um, and this is something. Oh, well, actually, it's not Facebook. Facebook is doing this with Microsoft, right? For Bing, they're basically feeding information about. They're giving you a custom search engine that shows you stuff you are likely to like. Mm-hmm. it starts to get like a little bit scary and Google just has no access to this particular world and, and that scares them I think that's why they're doing plus one
2: I maybe I don't think Facebook cares that much about search I, I think they care about the other data they're getting from this for things like advertising targeting mm-hmm. um, I, I think I mean one of the big reasons why they have Facebook comments and these and likes and all these things people can embed on their websites is to track when you're so that they get the cookie and so they, they can see oh that person actually viewed this page and it, all these things are they're trying to make them universal, and they're doing a pretty good job of it, mm-hmm. so that you always are logged into Facebook. It's so that to do anything on a lot of different sites, you, you have to be stay logged, logged in to Facebook, right? And and so and that combined with these embeds, which is of course terrifying. I have a separate oh, yeah. computer
0: for Facebook, which is in a room with a Faraday cage. And <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's just, it's like too scary. <laughs> that's the the real
2: story here. Isn't that they could be building a search engine? It's that they're being able to track so many pages that you're viewing.
0: So, I, but I think Google looks at it from the search perspective. I'm just thinking about not. They what probably Facebook should is doing. just to be
2: responsible. They probably should consider yeah. it that way. But I just don't think Facebook. I mean, the web search is such succeed. a messy business. Uh, it's it's so hard to do that right. And I think what they're going to get from this is only a very small, very very small subset of pages that people might want to be searching for. Um, on with a plus one or the. What, I, your, I mean, Facebook with with what the like Facebook buttons. Will get. Um, Google will get yeah. probably a very yeah. small percentage of, of a much bigger pool. Um, but I'm just
0: wondering if, if there's going to be a point where um, Google says to people, you know, you, we notice that you don't have plus ones on your pages. You should probably put them there because it gives us an important signal as to page quality. And then are they is Google every- pushing the embeds also on the on pages? I thought it was just in the ranks. Yeah, in the no. results. Uh, no, no, no. The, the little serps. plus one is an embed, like a like.
2: Oh, okay. I didn't it's realize a little that.
0: logo that looks like a plus one, and you click it on sites that you like, and and, and Google is hoping that everybody puts it next to their like buttons. Right. 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 And, In um, a very
2: crowded space that used to be full of sharing buttons for a million different web services. Right. Stumble upon oh, or whatnot.
0: Submit this to dig. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. This like, and then, and then there was a company that made a little embeddable thing that you could put on that would have like 400 of those. Oh,
2: yeah. They add this,
0: right? Yeah. And yeah. you be like, where the hell? What? what
2: <laughs> where is it? Yep. Everything <laughs> just becomes lots of little iframes and JavaScript <laughs> includes that slow your page down and annoy the crap out of your users.
3: Uh, <laughs> and fill up your, your page. Well, can we think a little bit about the concept here, which is favoriting, that is kind of like what I was describing, which is this don't make me think tension of now I have to decide if I like this thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think the chat room brought up a good point, which is the ambient knowing that someone visited is an implicit like. Like you wouldn't, I guess if you go there and leave immediately, you didn't like it. If you go there and you stay there a while, you must have liked it. To some degree, or else you just walked away from your computer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this this idea that you require users to take an action is tough. I remember getting lectured by Merlin Mann, aka Hot Dogs Ladies, on Twitter early on. He's like, "You guys don't know how to use Twitter." He's like, "You're supposed to be favoriting tons and tons of things." And I was like, "Wow, that's a lot of effort. Like, I have to think: Do I really like this? Do I like this more than I like the other five things that I saw?" Like, I, there was this weird tension with. And I do favorite things on Twitter. In fact, I was just looking. I have a list of favorite things, but.
0: Nobody. Does I, there's a odd, right. don't I think that's a bad example about that. Yeah. Tw-
2: I think Twitter. Twitter has really dropped the ball on on what it is, what exactly favorites are supposed to be for, and what what people expect versus what actually they are. It's it's totally right. different.
3: But imagine every page had a favorite button or something like or plus one or whatever the hell you call right. it. it. Doesn't actually matter. <laughs> like. What do you do with that? I mean, it, it's almost better just to measure the ambient participation than it is to to, to, requi-
0: to require people to, opt to require in. A gesture. I don't know. People really like that little uh, gesture thingamajiggy. Well,
2: and there, and and there the are the other to factors it. too, right? So the other factors are, you know, as, as I said, like Facebook wants you to be logged into Facebook all the time. And so if there's something on a page that you feel compelled to do, and you click on it, and it redirects you to Facebook's login page, saying, "Hey, wait, sorry, you weren't logged in. Please log in before you continue." Mm-hmm. Um, the that just got you to log in where if it was a passive thing, just sitting in an iframe measuring something, it wouldn't have done that. Um, it wouldn't have gotten you to log in. So there's, there's certainly that aspect of it. Um, and that's certainly why they did
0: the comments thing as well, I'm sure. The only, the only thing that makes me not worry about the privacy is that hopefully they won't be um, intelligent enough to actually use this data in any meaningful way. I always think about like ad targeting, right? Like The Internet was supposed to give us ads that were actually interesting to us because the targeting would be so frigging awesome that we would right. be seeing ads that are interesting to us. And to this day, uh, it's never like actually happened.
2: Well, and it turns out Facebook has a different problem, which is they have the ability to be quite creepy if they want to. And so, with every like, when people started leaving Facebook uh, from some political thing like six months ago, and they realized everyone started seeing what what facebook shows you if you attempt to delete your account or deactivate your account yeah and they they show you like a bunch of pictures of you having a good time with your friends and saying like all these people are going to miss you (laughs) are you (laughs) sure you want to and like it's like somebody somebody recently said like facebook has they can predict breakups like a week ahead of time like just just the the data i mean they they have a ridiculous amount of data about people and about their personal relationships and and so i don't buy that
1: there was something, they had a data demanding team from day one, and yeah. basically data they, could, they could predict, even from early on, two weeks out <laughs> uh, or in two weeks which people would be in would relationships with each its other. It's minority report, they, like right. which yeah. crimes
0: he's going to commit, is, what crimes in the future. The fascinating
1: thing is it's not even about how much interaction they have, it's like how much this guy is viewing this girl's friends profiles, <laughs> and it like vectors back, and six, I think it was with Two thirds percent, uh, or with two thirds certainty, they yeah. can tell you who you'd be dating and or who you'd be in a relationship with. Right. week. I mean, like, they, I mean, they both Google and that
3: Facebook. Fee.
2: Google and Facebook <laughs> both have a ridiculous amount of data on everybody that that uses sure. either service ever. Um, I think the difference is wh- what data you put into Google is is more, you know, me- analytical things, search queries, things like that. It seems drier. What you put into Facebook is all this personal information right. about you and your relationships. And, and pictures of you, and oh you, do you want to give us your phone number too, just for security? you know all these all these things. it's ridiculous how much data they have and you know what freaks people out isn't when they launch a new feature for whatever reason it's when people realize how much these services know about them that's mm-hmm. what freaks them out it's It's not that they did that, it's that they
0: could do that. Jeez, I just remember like the the web pages that would show you your IP address or remember when Amazon right. first started doing ads? Uh, on other people's websites saying, hey, Joel, you can buy this book by clicking here. Exactly.
2: There's, or, hey, why don't you get yourself this little thing off your wish list?
0: Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. Why does it know that I... Why does, you know, whatever, Huffington Post know who I am? You're like, oh, they don't. That's exactly. Amazon. And why does, wait a minute. Why does Amazon know who I am?
2: Right. And regular people don't know the distinction. Oh, well, that's that was included from a script tag or that's an iframe. Sure, so they, no one knows this stuff except us. So, you know, it's it's creepy when, when that line is crossed when you think they shouldn't have known that or are wait, mm-hmm. like I thought that was siloed away somewhere and now it's seeping out. Right. Uh, and I think Facebook is really leading the edge on that.
3: <laughs> um, cool. Just to bring it to Stack Exchange a little bit, we have oh, yeah. entertained the idea yeah. of, of allowing sort of completely unregistered users to vote in some way because one of the privileges that we're, we're kind of um, strict about is voting. We really don't want vote gaming, and that's why to even get the right to vote, you have to have someone vote for you first. Or sort of like, oh, I, v- I I vouch for this person; they're now allowed to vote. Um, but this does mean if you come on, say you you go to Stack Overflow, you're doing a search, and you get some really great solution, you have pretty much no way of you know directly thanking or you know kudos and thumbs up to the to the actual answer that helped you uh, without actually becoming a member of the community and a participating member of the community in some semi-meaningful way. So we have thought about maybe some way of allowing like a, kind of like analogous to what you're describing, Joel, like, I liked this, or this was cool button Mm -hmm. that you would press, and then if, I don't know, we would have to display it sort of out of band, though, because it's it can't really have feedback into our regular system. But just to give people an outlet for this, you know, I want to send flowers to this person who helped me, you know. our, Our Again, a strict-ish position on this is: if if you want to help people, you should engage with the community and actually start answering other oh, we people's had,
0: questions. We had talked, Jeff. We had talked about the idea of having a thank button where you could That's, because is that what I just said? Sorry. Yes. Well, but it, yes. you know, it seems. It, I mean, it, what you'd be getting here is
2: you know you're trying to solve the problem of you want more participation in the voting system or, or in the feedback systems, um, and and by doing that you're talking about lowering the wall to participate which means that you will get more volume but also you will no, get no, no, more no, spam on. and more gaming and and the quality of each of those votes has a lot less value than than the full on vote from 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 within the system that as as it exists now I
3: don't think we get we, well this would be a parallel system we yeah. wouldn't we wouldn't well, change would the currency using this would be a parallel system that would run alongside it we we love
2: confusing things I mean cause, I mean cuz look you already have you already have answers and comments and you can vote for the question and vote for the answer. That's a lot of different feedback. You me- and you do- can also vote for comments, right? Can't you upvote comments wait, you- now?
0: Yes. Well, hold so on you can,
2: you- That's a lot of different feedback mechanisms. That's going to be really confusing outside of programmers and even, even somewhat within programmers.
3: But wait a minute. like You can't do any of that stuff as a new user. Like Even if you register an account, you can't vote. You can't vote on comments. You can't even leave comments unless it's your post. You understand that all this stuff requires privileges that you have to have. Uh, like at For example, to vote up is 15 rep. You have to have 15 rep to vote up. To leave a comment on someone else's post, not your post, takes 50 rep. Because we don't really want the primary output of the system to be meta-commentary and jokes in the comments. Um, So we really funnel people towards questions and answers because that's why you're there. It's like you have a question, you get an answer. Like... Well, but, but every every bit of functionality of- that you're adding ha- has has a big cost uh, in in
2: terms of you know of course maintenance and everything, but also just of, of the the product's image and, and confusion among customers and, and support cost. Um, you know, I, I I tell people like you should treat every checkbox as though it costs hundred thousand dollars.
0: Oh, like, you're one of those. Don't give people choices.
2: Not Apple necessarily. Just make minimalist. sure there's a really good reason for it because. The, things you, the, the, the systems that you build and the features that you build have a higher cost than you might initially think. It depends.
3: Well, this well, is, can't this, can't say is a, this is based on something that people have asked us for, though. This isn't us just imagineering things that we think should be. No, it's just certainly. People complaining to us about well, this. Actually. But also, you got
2: to think when whenever when, any, when anyone complains to you, you have to go a level up and you have to figure out what exactly what problem are they trying to solve here, and they think they're going to well, sure. solve it by this thing they're asking for. But what what really are they trying to solve, and, and is there a better way we can do that?
3: Well, the answer is they have to solve it by participating in our community, which is a big ask, right? I mean, sure. if you want to vote something up because it's awesome, well, okay, fine. First, register. Well, actually, eh, you don't have to re- uh, to vote yet. First, to figure, figure out OpenID. Register. register. Yeah, we don't. Register. Well, it doesn't matter. Registration is oh, a pain God. in the ass on every website in the world. Well, Registration we do
0: require OpenID, IT. but now you're your own provider, provider right? Provider, so.
3: Uh, that partially that solves the problem. That didn't actually make that much
2: of
0: a difference, believe it, it or not.
2: It, yeah, it doesn't solve the problem of, wait, which one of these providers did I use again? And, and all these
0: other No, things. people get that they can just make uh, a Stack Exchange account. Now, right, yeah. Um, but it didn't actually increase the number of accounts. I, th- I thought it would increase the number of accounts in it.
1: Huh.
0: Maybe well you gotta off. realize our
3: bar is zero i mean you can start asking and answering with no account and i mean a, that's a what that's what we, I, well I, I, and i spent hours explaining this to people and nobody ever gets it like look it doesn't matter how you change the login system because you don't have to log in to do the main thing that's in our system you know this would be like on facebook if you didn't have to sign up to start going and sure. creating friends would you expect signups to i mean uh, anyway there's something
0: i so, uh, just just in order to be argumentative though um you know um Marco, a lot of times, if you're trying to lure somebody into something that's subtle and deep, the more complicated and amazing it is, the more they will be lured into it. Um, so that applies it's to, more to like EMAX, game system, <laughs> Unix, any kind of RPG, any kind of game, um, any kind of game. The approach should be: Hey, you can see this thing, and it looks amazing with all these gigaws and complicated stuff, and you can figure out how to do the basic operations. Uh, You can, like, pluck out, like, I can survive in that game for long enough to get an answer to my question. Um, But the addition of all the weird baroque complexity around that core functionality just makes it more interesting and makes you uh, almost intrigued to say, like, I wonder what's going on here. i got to figure this out. And maybe you say, you know, it's not worth my time right now, but later – you're going to be intrigued and you're going to go try to figure out what all those little geegos are and those buttons and those fancy widgets well, do amazing things but I imagine you have a lot of drive-by traffic you have to right? the trouble is that the core functionality has to not be scary right. so for example I remember uh, trying to use uh, what's the uh, what's cool tools called now Premiere Adobe Premiere hmm. Alex do you know what I'm uh, talking about yeah
1: for for video editing for audio for audio audio sound booth sound booth for yeah Adobe's is sound booth
2: and uh, cool have, edit cool edit Well, that's what it was. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I tried to use that. Um, I was using Audacity for the podcast at the very beginning, and it was nice and simple. I could cut and paste little sound clips, and I could remove uh, those things. Hey, I can't even make one anymore. This mic is so good. Um, Anyway, I could remove pops and clicks and and swallows and stuff like that and sneezes. And and then I thought, you know what? I'm doing this seriously. I'm going to get a pro-level tool, and I got Soundbooth. Uh, or whatever it was. And I could not figure out how to do the mas- most basic things because it was just way too complicated. Just right. like the, the curve was like super high at the beginning. And so you actually kind of want something that's halfway between those for, for some types of systems. I mean, it's okay to have a simple system, but if people don't feel like the depth is there, they're just not going to be that uh, intrigued. And it's the intrigue that keeps them coming back, saying, you know what, there's probably more useful things here if I could just figure them out. And, and I would that, That's how you tell people time invested in this, Will be well spent because you're going to find new things that are amazing. Certainly, but you know, the, in this in this case,
2: well, in every case, you know, there's a very fine line between. Um, being being too complex and having, having that curve be too big and, yeah. and, and luring you in. It's a very, very difficult line there to walk. There has log. to
0: be a, let's call it a shallow learning curve, but it has to go on for a long time.
2: Exactly. And it has to be like kind of evenly paced. Like yeah. You don't want when you're playing a game, you don't want one level to be really easy and the next yes. level to be impossible and make you stop
0: playing the game. Right, right, because you will. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You exactly. will stop. <laughs> this is the worst video game ever. That's what somebody said about uh, Ben Kamen's made this app for the iPhone called Ruler Phone and you held your yeah. credit card up to something. And it knew how big a credit card was, and you took a picture, and then it measured the thing, because it knew how big credit cards are. And uh, it's review, one of the first reviews you got in the Apple store was, this is the stupidest game ever. That's, you know, I, I got one of those from my app, too. I was, I was,
2: maybe that's a thing. Maybe, like, there's one guy just doing it, that. It might be just all the, all the walls apps.
0: people on 4chan. Like it was, was only ever
2: one mean. guy. <laughs> that's awesome. I was thinking, too, I don't, I'm not good enough with the math to, to figure this out, but one of the app ideas I had was something like that, but... Is there a way I can do it without a prop in the scene? Because now we have a ridiculously accurate gyroscope in the phone. Mm-hmm. The GPS is not so accurate, but the gyroscope is. And I was wondering, like, if I can, you know, use the tilt angles. I don't. I think I'm still missing a variable here. I think there, I still need some kind of reference I don't think point. The
0: gyroscope but, is that accurate? The level apps are awful. They don't. They don't level things. The
2: old ones all use the accelerometer. Those were terrible. Oh. But it, with the iPhone 4, they added an actual hardware gyroscope, and it's it's extremely accurate. Scary, um, it's scary. It's um, it's worth. By looking the at. way,
0: chat room. It's uh, Audacity, Adobe. Sorry, Audition, Adobe Audition. Audition. Okay. That's the app I was talking about. Thank you, chat room. See, this is we have the chat room here so that we don't leave uh, crap in the podcast for all the people to listen to. It. There's only 110 people watching us uh, live, so makes uh, sense. Uh, and I'm one of them. So there's only 109 people <laughs> watching us live, and, and uh, um, but the chat room is enough to actually get corrections for major uh, errors that we might make. That's the best.
3: So, one final thing on the, the, the like button. One thing we could do to simplify the UI, but I have, have reservations about this, is you could essentially let people vote. And you, mm-hmm. know, you know the concept of the fake follow that FriendFeed introduced? Yep, where, another like, major complexity. This would be basically fake voting. Like, you would let people <laughs> vote, like they think they're voting, and it shows up just for them. Mm-hmm. But then you put it in some other pool internally. Because it's not. They're not logged in. You can't actually vet this as a valid voting. vote. voting.
0: So okay it's so imagine that that like makes hell it very simple. Yeah that makes it very simple well,
2: actually. Imagine a user like me. Yeah. I'm not on the site every single day, but I have enough rep to vote and comment. Yep. Um and I you know I search when I need something. So I'm not like living in the system. Um and I find you know let's say I find an answer and it's kind of okay. How do I choose whether to whether to vote it up or whether well, to like it, it if Jeff's it was was option presented to me? You have
0: to choose if you're logged on your vote counts and if Oh, you're I, you're I see. On, it not So it's only for voting. not logged in users. Yeah.
2: It's not really. Hell yeah, voting this, So then, it's why it's voting. kind of hell voting? If it doesn't count for anything, why do you? <laughs> well, it does. It would it. just go
0: in a different
3: pool. We would give it some fractional value of an actual vote and, and try to dedupe it. And
0: because there's so many
3: ways to game that, oh my
0: gosh, we could. You know, right? What, you I mean, could turn it sounds like for free, Jeff. I mean, like you just you'd write some code. Nobody would even know that this is a new feature. And uh, and we could just look at the data and try to analyze it and right. see if there's anything interesting there. Is, or whether it's just the same as the regular voting, but just like now magnified a little bit.
2: I mean, it just sounds like it's a lot of work and a lot of complexity and basically a lot of downsides. Are the upsides big enough to really support that? And that's up to you guys. But you well, I think there, there certainly are a lot argument. of downsides. I mean,
3: uh, there are a lot of people that complain that they really. Well, let me give you an example. We have a lot of people that leave thank you answers, which are actively harmful. Because we have to go in and clean that up. And we have like ways of detecting and we actually tell them, look, it looks like you're trying to write a letter. You know, literally like Clippy Pop stuff. Please stop saying thank please you. Don't, please don't do this. <laughs> we
0: are not a we thanking community. We literally have that
3: feature. Yeah, I mean, right. you can actually try it. Go to an Anonymous and compose some ridiculous answer that has thank you in it. And you'll, you'll, it has to be short, but you'll see what happens here. <laughs> okay. um, so we have an actual problem, which we, is that people Can you want imagine the outlet. nerdiness
0: of, of the Stack Exchange team? And it's like, our biggest problem is people saying thank you in our community. <laughs> <laughs> make it stop. But they're it they're, say, they're it. saying it in
3: the wrong spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, l-
0: let, me, let me explain
3: how this works. Have you ever had this, this experience where someone's trying to be nice and you're going in somewhere and they, oh, they hold the door for you? Right. And you but they hold no, it in a way nobody that blocks walks you, you, blocks other people. Yeah. <laughs> it right, kind exactly. of ruins the whole experience. Like, thanks for trying. Thanks, you know, but like, It would have been smoother if you just let me deal with the it's door. It's one of those, then,
0: uh, yeah, the two, the two sneaky rules of etiquette in New York City, which should be known by all um, uh, heterosexual traditionalists who date in New York City. Number <laughs> one, go through the revolving door before... The, the 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 man should go through the revolving door before uh, the lady is that so you can pass your card back to no pay because for her. You to? have to do the work. The revolving uh, like a revolving door in a building. Oh, the know? big push one. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, and that's so that you do the work. Right, oh, that's you don't a good one. Just like sort of stand there and let her do the pushing, and then you follow, you draft on her. That's that's not chivalrous. Makes and sense. The other is get into the taxi first because you're going to have to slide over. Oh, and, uh, so you're not supposed to really hold the door open for her to slide over. In the in the case of a taxi where you're both getting in on one All side right. in New York City, the chivalrous thing to do is get in the taxi.
1: Um, wow. first
0: as, as the uh, I've been doing experience. that wrong all these years I know and people don't know that that much but uh, you'll see the it makes sense appreciate though it. yeah it makes a lot of sense
3: Okay, so in the context of our system Joel Sex the chivalrous the thing the to do is to go in and answer other people's questions if you really want to thank somebody yeah or just <laughs> the hit the up pay- arrow we
0: got the, we, got the, we got the vote on that yep 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 um, but it is sort of weird is, is that the, the – um, I think there really is an intuition to um, – yeah, we talked about this before. Uh, there's an intuition to thank which comes from like actual life. And mm-hmm. so right. it actually takes some uneducating or some educating or deprogramming of people to say What if that's not our, our system.
2: What if your, your non-logged-in like or thank button, um, what if it just counted as a fractional vote? Well, that's kind of what we described earlier where – you would just be able to vote right but it it wouldn't it wouldn't be a separate system and like it wouldn't be a separate sum it would actually be just a fractional vote because if you do it that way i think first of all it puts your heads in the right spot of dealing with things like spam and and abuse um with this particular feature and also just makes it a lot more useful like it wouldn't make sense to show like the most liked answers separately from the most voted upon answers
3: yeah is is that how, how you were thinking about it Mm, I don't know. Well, I'm just talking out of not, my butt here. Like, not that's... exactly, because I mean, I, I do think there is a conceptual difference between a button that says like and an upvote. And what we're kind of proposing is that, tentatively, this is just all be highly experimental. I'm not actually going to go and do this tomorrow, but the voting arrows would just continue to work even for anonymous users. And then we would have to come up with some algorithm that figured out how valid those votes were and how but do to we show them out right.
2: The but but then, so if that's, that's what, sort what you're going to do,
3: the main vote score somehow. Would there be a separate button for like? Or, or are you, you know, talking
2: about the likes, just at, no, on the voting no, buttons? No, I, I, he's talking about it no. being an up, uh, up
0: hour for logged-off users. Right. That, yeah, that that, that kind of makes sense.
3: Doesn't make the UI any more complicated. Right. It doesn't make the UI any, any more complicated, but it, it's still hard because just figuring out like how how much is how much is that of, of a score? I don't know. It's I mean, tricky. right now you 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 have, as far as I can tell, as as a casual user, you have almost
2: no spam at all. And, uh, you, you, you either do a very oh, good job yeah. of keeping it okay. out or a very good job of cleaning it out. But, um, you know, this, and, and your votes seem to always indicate the properly correct answer. Like it, they, they don't seem like they're being gamed, uh, from their, from the questions that I, that I find. And so what you'd be doing here is you'd be, you'd be adding, as I said earlier, you'd be adding more input to that system, but with a much lower filter also and and so the the data would get greater but possibly worse and and so then you you know you'd have to design the systems around trying to filter out abuse and things um it might be worth it like if if your problem is that you don't get enough votes and you want to increase the number of votes on average per per answer or per question um then this will almost definitely help you there but you know it's going
3: to have all those downsides as well
0: all right moving on uh, yeah we I'm can gonna, argue about this for another half hour ass. if you
3: want. Uh, well, no, no. One area this would help is like a site like WebApps where users just don't vote. I mean, it's actually uh, a fairly thriving site, I think, WebApps. WebApps does really well, but the, Wait, the topic is so broad. It's I, the entire internet. Now. I get there all the time, actually. Yeah, and it's a good site, but like, not enough people vote. So, There's only like a couple dozen people
0: that come back regularly to that site. Right,
3: time. but even if the people that didn't come back, Joel, if an anonymous user could drive by and see a great answer and vote on it, that would, that be would actually be fairly profound because right. one of the deeper problems is just
0: not enough voting. You know what you have to do is an experiment? Like you have to put a like. You have to put a Facebook <sighs> like link on there and see which <laughs> one people click most. <laughs>
3: I'm going to call it Hug. You can just <laughs> hug this answer, man. See, that's what's so, be- so much better. Hug is so much better than fantastic. Plus One. Sure. So
0: much better than Plus One. Moving along, yeah. any other news, uh, any other Stack Overflow uh, Network, Stack Exchange news uh, of the week?
1: Uh, Dev Days. De- uh,
0: yes, Alex, tell us about Dev Days.
1: Well... We're doing Stack Overflow Dev Days, and registration is now officially live for all of the cities.
0: Yes, so. you can register at devdays.stackoverflow.com, and you can register for San Francisco in October, Sydney, in uh, late October, Sydney. That's Australia. People are coming to Australia. Get yeah. it?
1: So all you Australians who begged us to go need to yes. go buy your tickets right now. Yes,
0: and, and, and also send tribute. Are they upside- um, buy, down. Several, buy several uh, tickets. The, the tickets will print out upside down if you print them in the Northern Hemisphere. The London uh, event is in November and then Washington, D.C. in December. Two-day events in each of those cities. And um, uh, we uh, yes, it's $399, so go ahead and register. Um, devdays.stackoverflow.com Anything, Jeff? Do you have any interesting news of the network you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. One
3: minor thing is we well, it's pretty minor, but I'll mention it. Um, the the closed, reason, subjective, and argumentative. We've rephrased that as not constructive to sort
0: of cover a more broad class of close events on a question. Subjective and argumentative. That was that came that came about due to the philosophy uh, the philosophers, right? <laughs> Well, there had been some
3: objections to subjective and argumentative that it was a little bit specific, whereas I think not constructive. And there's an explanation, which does actually – Robert wrote the text, which is quite good, that explains, you know, this is inviting discussion, a poll or, yeah. you know, some sort of – just I mean, out it, of the side of the scope of what we This question is not
0: a good fit. We expect answers to generally involve facts, references, or specific expertise. Uh, this question will likely solicit opinion, debate, arguments, polling, or extended discussion. Oh, cool. Geez, I'm going to do this all over the place now. Yeah, it's, it's very, a nice very, very close bad. reason. And also
3: it's educational. Like the reason we have these close reasons, a lot of times is so teach. people can look at them and see like oh, this is the list of things that you kind of don't want here. And it sort of teaches them about what the norms are on the site. So having improved text is actually fairly significant. Yeah, um, that's very good. Yeah, it, it's a good close reason. And, and it also helps us consolidate like on Meta Stack Overflow we had a noise or pointless reason, which I think was a little too mean in retrospect. Right. But Based on the user we were using it on, I think it was justified. (laughs) It was was a really (laughs) problematic user. (laughs) We're like, look, we have to have a whole new close reason just because (laughs) you keep on coming here and posting things (laughs) that make no sense to anyone. There was a little Um, bit of a
1: discussion. But we can fold that in. Why don't we just get rid of the user?
3: Uh that eventually would be mean. We did that was a f- <laughs> that's a long story. That was a fairly sophisticated troll that was one of the most sophisticated I think I actually've ever seen on the internet <laughs> that's, the, that's I was actually impressed. no I actually time. I actually called this person. I could not believe that this was an actual person, so I actually physically called him on the phone. that's how impressed I was. Uh, yeah okay. that's rare. I've never done that before, but there, there I, I was a, not convinced this person could exist.
0: The, the closed reasons are important because, number one, if somebody gets their question closed, they're always pissed. They're like, wait, that's, you, you just slapped me in the face. You deleted my thing. You banned me. You banished me, whatever. Um, I know. So the We're least we can do is try to button. make it friendly. And, and, and Maybe we could call it the yeah. hug button.
2: I mean, the last thing you want to do is closed have has, have inflammatory words in that reason. Like The last thing you want to do is add to right. that to that anger that they exactly. have yeah and the, yeah, thinking, argumentative is is inflammatory
0: hug? right, right. well that's close is it like a pity hug and, like i'm sorry you hug. didn't get it right or we could close call instead hug. of the truth is closed does not is not delete the question's still there you just can't answer it anymore um, uh, correct. Right.
3: You're still free to edit it. It's still free to be voted on, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So
0: maybe there are, uh, there's another word besides close, like um, not Oh, this hug, has been brought up on meta before. I don't is agree it? with this, but yeah, it has. Well, what are the other words that they suggested?
3: I mean, lock, I don't know. Uh, I can't lock remember. But
0: this, I, don't think, this I don't
3: think close is bad. I mean, it, it close,
2: yeah. you know, yeah. it, I think it describes it. It's not inflammatory any more so than any other word uh. would be to describe the same action.
0: I, don't I guess think. the fact, like people don't even get that their question is not deleted, and and they really do. You can tell by the responses that some people have is they're like, "What the hell are you doing? Closing my question? I am leaving. the site sucks. You guys are idiots. I'm never coming back. <laughs> Bye." It's never. No, I don't want to do that. Come on, we're thinking, you know, because a lot of times it's you're like so these, nice. These, it's not that they are nice. It's that these people are going to be fine contributors if they would just learn what was on topic. Um, and I don't want to like some of know, them. Yeah, even then, you they're know, the not hard part—they're not there. It's not like they're spamming. That we'll just delete. Right. And and it's not well, like they're um, like being. It really depends yeah. on the user, Joel. This is the
3: thing that sure. I have trouble. Programmers are so binary. It's like okay, either we hate this user or we love this user. So <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. You got to look at how much effort did this person put into this thing that they sent to us, right? Yeah. And and also how off topic was it? So really, there's two dimensions how sort of fundamentally crappy is it (laughs) and how just wildly off topic is it. So if it's sort of mildly off topic and sort of salvageable, then you you do be nice to that user. Like, look, Hey, welcome to the site. Here's how we do things. We're closing this, but you you give, uh, it takes a personal touch. Like the close reason isn't enough. Like this is the role of the moderators. This is the role of the experienced users to sort of help the other new users figure this stuff out, assuming you want them there in the first place. And this is completely a judgment call. Um, But it's not a binary thing. You can't, have a blanket rule that's going to work in all cases
0: use your right. judgment and people don't like to hear this because they don't like to think they don't like to think we are um, out of time um, special thanks uh, to uh, Marco uh, Marco they can find you at Marco.org correct right, is your personal blog yep or just go to Hacker News and you know just follow that and, whatever's and on the top just find all,
2: find all the nasty comments and those are probably on my articles
0: <laughs> Marco A-R-M-E-N-T on Twitter yep and of course Instapaper which you can find in the App Store yep. under Instapaper Uh, Yeah, and and I heard there's an Android version. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Oh, (laughs) man. That's that's a whole other show.
1: (laughs) He doesn't care about us Android users. I just want to uh, bring up
0: Android for no no reason. Uh, Next week on the show, we'll have uh, Greg Wilson talking about the architecture of open source applications. Those of you that went to um, Stack Overflow Dev Days in Toronto a couple of years ago will remember Greg. He was the most popular speaker there. He's a professor, uh, ex-professor at the University of Toronto, now wants a a, a platform to grind some axes about the architecture of open source applications. I have no idea why we're going to let him on, but we will. And uh, um, uh, that's it. Remember to register for Stacco Dev Days at devdays.staccoflow.com quickly because these things tend to sell out. And I'll see you next week. Okay. Bye, everybody. See Thanks, you. Bye. Marco. Bye.